For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our Keep Stock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done. Genera the Gordesian conflict, 1243 SE, brackets, spirit era, off the coast of Xanax, the Silver Legion military outpost of Ashtoya. A white luminescent flash erupted through the metropolitan city streets, causing a shockwave that shattered windows and sent glass spraying across the floor. Houses rocked and swayed before caving in sporadically as if controlled by some unknown force. As she approached, every, te- every step she took was followed by more and more destruction. People were ripped in half. Limbs were thrown from all angles in nonsensical patterns as she chuckled to herself, creasing the varied flesh upon her face that she wore like a mosaic. Each piece was stitched together from the various kills, shaping her body into the perfect form that she thought any Laugri would both revere and despise. In a bold tone, she said, The mere Tory demand your servitude for what happened at Galagor Prime. After a brief pause, she drew a small rectangular device from her pocket, being careful it didn't snag on her black-buckled, ferrismatic leather armour. As she pressed down hard on the device, a strange swirling mass of black energy surrounded her. There were screams of people dying as she began to unweave what had happened. Suddenly the dead rose up as if nothing had happened. They bounded, though they bounded to the floor in prayer. The windows remade themselves and she bellowed, Spurn the gift of the makers and be destroyed. You have been warned. Abruptly, she raised one hand up in the air as if to mimic them all being scared. A a flash of bright light illuminated the street and she was gone. Theatrical as always, Vitalia. You might scare those mindless simpletons, but not I. No, 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 no. Your father has a special place for us humans that are useful. A voice called out to her from the darkness. The Laugri woman responded, Useful sheep are to wolves. Were it not for our race's inability to reproduce without males, I think you'd find that for all your bluster and info, we'd have disposed of you like the garbage you are. The man chuckled, I say father, but we all know your race is both parents simultaneously. Remind me how that works again? She signaled there were two warriors draped in pharismatic leather armour that erupted the same kind of energy her armour did. It was a yellowy base of laser-like colour its luminescence filling every crag of darkness. She turned to the broad warriors and said, Take Mr. Delaney back to his room. I tire of him. The two guards grabbed the energetic human and ensured they were not gentle as they shoved him through the door. Vitalia prowled the dark confines of the ship. As she went towards a room overlooking the cockpit, she knelt in the circular chamber and began to ritualistically hum a tune that activated a holographic display to which a slender figure appeared and began speaking in it with an authoritative tone. <laughs> Why have you summoned me, daughter? Has planet D7AR, or Xanax, as the humans call it, not been dealt with? Vitalia folded her arms and said, Of course, you think me incompetent. Just in time for the Phoenix King's parade, and of course, his late tithe. I remind the planet of our needs. The high administrator nodded and replied, Good, good. Let's go see frail Hurian honour his bargain. We must collect our tithes of souls. Chapter 1 Blessings and Curses The the oval-shaped dome had strange symbols and runes carved all around it. It was a buzz of people cheering. Some of them were shouting, We love you, Phoenix Lords! As the old man sat presiding over the dome, spoke softly to his two boys, his fatherly nature shining through. 
even as he made them fight for his people's love and attention. He knew all too well that Silo Berry silently craved power and wanted nothing more than to kill his brother for his people's love. Yet his selfishness was often at times replaced by the desire to protect the people of Lamentia, the sinking sorrow. He waved his hand and said to the boys, At this moment, no man can be as proud as I. You have both bested every arena fighter, and the man who wins will inherit the glyph of ascendancy. Brandon, so kind and noble. Silo, so quick-witted and skilled. You have both proven worthy. This final test will bring both your natures to bear. <laughs> For when two fight using sigils of equal power, one's true nature is always revealed. As soon as Turian finished speaking, a loud thud crashed throughout the top of the dome. The sea swelled with a vigorous weight, and a large bloated white and green amphibian crashed against the dome's shields. A strange pylon erupted from the top of the dome, shocking the creature with tantalizing purple energy and forcing it, and forcing it back. As it swam away, Vitalia approached, though through a nearby hallway into the underwater dome arena. She announced her entrance. High Administrator Mitra Sulfur approaches, creator of Xanax and indeed the Gordesian system, lord of the Miatori and curator of the Dark Arch. Hail! A grey-skinned woman with slender features and a sleek body walked through the hall. Slowly, her strange dress made of the skins of humans draped behind her. As she approached, she moved with candid grace, almost seeming to float across the floor. At last, she spoke. Hurian, the time of harvest approaches. I trust you have gathered enough souls for the life engine, posing more of a statement or a demand than a question. Brandon muttered something under his breath and was about to get louder when Silo interjected. <laughs> of course, my lady. Our father must be occupied with the celebrations of your first coming. In fact, we knew of your arrival and were just preparing a spectacle. If, of course, your ladyship would care to watch. Brandon turned and whispered, I can't stand this. Are we to be fuel for the Miatori all our lives? Silo replied quietly, willing his brother to take note of his watchful eyes. Better that than dead. Or do you not care for our people? You forget the life engine keeps every planet in this system and theirs functional. Limitless energy and food, little brother. It provides us with our magics and our glyphs. The grey-skinned woman said, I see Hurian taught at least one of his sons some manners. Yes, indeed, such a spectacle is to be relished. And I suppose we have some time. She signalled over to Fatalia, who said, Milady, are you sure this is the time? Hurian spoke in a gruff voice as if nursing a cold and said, Now is precisely the time. High Administrator Mitra, would you care for a seat? <coughs> Mitra sank into the chair with an odd sort of feline grace as she folded her exposed legs. Brandon carefully walked into the arena, accompanied by Silo as the trumpeteers began to play them in. And the crowd began to applause with wonderlust taking hold of their minds. They each held out their hands, and strange magic swelled about their palms as a quick flash of their sigils erupted, each created a sword out of the etheric disturbance, as their energies met amid the, crowd, the loud crash of swords. Silver and light rent against a brittle and corroded sword that looked jagged and dark. Its fawny bone-like hue sparked as Silo leapt, swinging, swinging to the left as he went cutting into Brandon's thigh and smirking ever so slightly. As the crowd roared in applause, Brandon rolled and as a second strike aimed to cut at his throat, as well as becoming noticeably darker as speed increased. Brandon called forth lightning, like energy, and bringing a shield down, he shouted, A fine strike, brother! As Silo, 
As he rushed Silo unexpectedly, he bashed him with his shield and forced him off his feet. Silo flipped backwards, causing green light shards to shoot forth, covering him as he did. So they bit into Brandon's wounded leg. Hurion cast a spell, shouting at Silo, No poison! No magic! Silo snickered. You would hamper me from the start. For your favourite son. His face contorting with anger. Suddenly a red aura filled Silo as he forged from the air an etheric current as a great scythe emerged from his chest. He gripped it and, and ripped it out, out of himself, causing a wound. He leapt forth in a berserk rage, swinging as a madman. The crowd grew silent for a moment, watching the enraged Phoenix Lords battle. Mitra smirked to herself as, it, as, as she said, It appears that Hurion cut her off as he shouted in a booming voice before teleporting between the two, interrupting Silo's strike. He grabbed the scythe, knocking him back as he said, Silo! <coughs> Silo is the winner! Appeasing his son's ego with a secret contempt for it. A silence filled the arena. For the briefest moment, neither brother wanted to break it, as Hurion said, In times past, the last true Phoenix King would, would reincarnate as our great-grandfather. He had a temper, but also control. See how Silo restrains himself for the love of his brother. He made a show of raising Silo's arm in victory, and breathed deeply, sensing the crowd's unease, as he said, Brandon, my brother, is the greatest warrior in the land, but I would show no enemy of mine any quarter. I love him as my brother, but also as my friend. This, I swear, no harm will befall our people. A real smile formed in, in his head as he formulated something new. He said, he continued, Jackton rule was the last, for sure, but I will undergo the trial of ascendancy. I will best any challenge thrown at me, he spoke with confidence and regality as he began to walk along the rampway. With a celebratory strut, he approached Mitra Surik and said, There is always a winner, isn't there? He said slyly, and Mitra retorted, And a loser, lest I remind you. As she continued off into the darker hallway leading out of the white city, lit under the city street lights underneath the sea, his brother chased him after him and whispered, You would have killed me. Sila whispered, To preserve humanity, yes. Brandon for once stayed quiet, sensing his, brother con his brother's concern, until he said, So what will we do about the Miatori? Clearly you have an idea. And how does killing me preserve our people? Salo patted his brother's back and spoke coldly without a hint of emotion. You are too merciful, too honest, too weak. You would start a straightforward fight with these forces that are beyond our ability to deal with, and our people will suffer. Because of your pride, your arrogance... Silo let his face form a weak smile as he continued, If Ashtela were here, she would have seen the error in such a judgment, the second time. Brandon looked down in consolation as he said, Perhaps you're right, brother. Silo countered, Never let your ego kill more of us. He snarled, his face contorting into something bestial as he walked away. The city was dome-shaped dome as he left into the maze of white-knit buildings. Sea creatures of all sizes began to swim about. Brandon, as he said to himself, Ashtela would have fought, brother. She would have died with her honour intact. If you will not help them, I will find those that will. Chapter 2. A Dream of Rebellion Silo drew a long breath, wondering if his brother would listen. He's hard-headed. Brash, he thought to himself. Venom began to seep into his mind, and he said, whispering under his breath, the rage escaping verbally, And he got her killed! He had to win this contest. His rage was controlled, he thought to himself. He would never kill Brandon. But what if... He shook the thoughts from his mind as he raised his feet onto the desk. He sat and began pondering if his father would even allow him to rule. He loved Silo. He loved... He loved he lo uh, 
He never loved his mother. Silo didn't even know who she was. He knew that Hurian loved Brandon and not him. He loved his mother too. And he his, and his favourite son. Venom filled him once again, a poison that was all-encompassing through his life, and he threw the bottle of wine from which he drank across the room. It hit the ground and off the marble floor with a crash. A sea of stars over the horizon. A tear falls down a face that lies in... I do not hear my companions, they claw at their flesh. My wife wears an armoured mesh, over which is a purple dress. I try to stop her bleeding, hoping to cause less. They've overrun the ship as we crash, her beautiful eyes, dark lines of lash. I'm watching her die, knowing now we cannot fly. I see in the distance a primitive world, desert smoke, the citizens a chivalrous pearl. They ride forth as if to greet me. I scream, stay back, as the Nauri need me. The ship itself is corrupted. The last days of Castine, uninterrupted. Pollen trickles from the sky as I lay there beside her and watch her die. We have crashed in sandy sea and now she is no longer with me. I beg by her broken body, letting my friend go is a poor hobby. I move towards the edge of the ship, pollen infects my black blood-stained lips. As muscles heave and rip, I prepare myself for one last trip. I rip at my face, disfiguring myself, mutating a disgrace. I look upon the fading dark very f my fading dark very form, and now we now is my norm. The ship calls forth more pollen as my face is swollen. I look towards the moon and it shine to see the night in the distance. It's dinner time. The cyberscape was a machine coded by Silo's unique mind. It rewrote reality and indeed space-time, trapping the Miatori in a realm of unreality. It was no mere causality. It reshaped the world that was lost and brought forth the Ivergard to defend the lost. A world of sublime code only a hacker could reload. It brought down weapons from an arm device that could slice reality like ice, reshaping and reforming things from code, summoning physical construct with each load the that the Miatori could alter, for it did exist physically as they falter. Silo was, was killed by Vitalia who kissed her brother goodbye, looking once into his machine-closed eyes. Looking for a way to make online learning a better option for your family? When it comes to virtual learning, experience matters. Tuition-free K-12-powered schools are ready to put over 20 years of experience to work for you, giving your child the personalized learning they deserve without disruptions. With a K-12-powered school, students gain the skills they need to be prepared for their next steps in life, building a better future for each one of us. K-12, education for any one. Learn more at k12.com.